Welcome to the Welsh Yogi Podcast. Hi Krishna, welcome to another episode of the Welsh Yogi Podcast. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And in today's episode... It's been a little while, I think. It's been two weeks. Right, okay. So... Because uh, you were inspired by something you... Listened to recently, you listened to a podcast about yeah your life and your goals and that? No, I've just been thinking about um, just taking a little second out of out of the momentum, out of the river. Like I was in Butte Park the other day, mm-hmm. I was just looking at the river Taff. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting if you stare at the river for a while, like then you look at the ground and the ground starts moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like... Um, it's similar, like, I was looking, like, if you catch one point of the river and just stare at that point before you know it's passed, it's gone, like, and moments in life are a bit like that, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't really hold on to a moment for very long. Like, you can be in a moment for a while, but then before you know it's a year's gone, two years, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight. You're always looking at a different part of the river, mm. aren't you? There's an example of that about, like, the body. Like, as the body grows, actually, you... You always see, you always have a different body, like Krishna says. Um, what's that verse? Daniel Sminyatate here. As you go from boyhood to youth to old age, the body is always changing, just like the river is always flowing. Mm. You're always seeing it, you're always seeing a different part of the river because the part you're looking at one second's gone the next. Yeah. So similarly, the body is always changing, like the everything that's material, but the soul's the same. Yeah, and I was thinking we gotta we gotta kind of plan our course, plan our route, because there's there's bits of water that end up caught in rock pools and they don't go anywhere. You know, like there's there's the flow yeah. the flow is going one way, but you want to be in the right current. Mm. You get just making a metaphor here, but yeah, I mean, like when when we went to this um, GBC college in India, we had to they basically they taught all of these sort of secular ideas and how to um, like create, manage projects, things like that. And they talked about things like making a mission statement. Mm. So if you have a certain project or a business or an organization, you have a mission statement that says, okay, these are the ideals of our organization. Mm. This is what we want to move towards. Like I think Amazon's is something like we will be the most customer-based company and be able to give the buyer whatever they want or something like that. Um, so I was, one thing to do is write a mission statement for your life. Mm. I remember my spiritual teacher, Shiva Amaraj, has a, uh, he wrote a mission statement for himself years ago. Mm. And he picked it back up um, after a few decades. And he was pleased to see that he's still living his life within these uh, ideals that he had previously. So I think that's quite an interesting exercise if you were just to write down, okay, what's my mission statement in my life? What do I want to be? And you have something else called a vision statement, which is you know, looking at the future, but... Um, yeah, I think we should know what you want to do in this life, isn't it? And set goals to, because you're saying the water might get trapped here or there. Mm. It easily uh, happens, like we get caught in ruts. Uh-huh. Start to keep find ourselves doing the same thing again and again and again. Sort of lost focus, lost. Mm. Like, wait, why am I doing this? What What am I doing here? Yeah, like uh, that's why you got to keep reminding yourself, isn't it? You got to have a compass. Look at your compass. You know, if you traveling anywhere or in if you're driving in google maps or whatever you need to keep seeing where you're going keep looking at the uh looking at the road mm. i did a lot of driving recently and we i kept taking the wrong 
kept getting lost, you know, because I wasn't looking at the map yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. That's so, the worst when you're on, your, on the motorway and yeah. you miss the turning. You have to drive for like another half hour and, and turn, turn back. back and, oh, it's like lost yeah. time. And that's what happens in life. If you don't always look at your sat-nav, yeah, yeah. you know, then you just go off one place and you have to waste, you could waste a lot of time trying to get back to where you're going or you could, if you never look at it, then you just keep driving in the wrong direction. Mm. So as human beings, we need to you know, have a mission in life and actually write it down. It can be different for all of us. Yeah. But the yoga texts of India and Krishna encourages in the Bhagavad Gita that you know, if you really want to experience pleasure, you really want to advance your consciousness, then uh, there's a certain spiritual lifestyle that you have to do. There's, there's, there's do's and don'ts that can augment your life in a, a spiritual way. Yeah. For me, I find um, like these books we distribute written by Srila Prabhupada, he's got purports. <laughs> I feel like these purports are like a compass for my life. Like um, if ever I feel a little bit lost, I can just open a book and just start reading it. And it's like, um, if, if you're in the right mood when you read it, hmm. like, I, okay, I, I'm feeling a little bit like I've lost lost my, like you mm-hmm. say, my vision. Like, where am I really? I feel a bit stagnant, like hmm. I'm in a rock pool. If you just start reading the words and let them kind of flow into your ears, like read it out loud. That's a secret, actually, because all of Vedic knowledge was passed down orally. So if you just read this knowledge out loud, then it has an even more potent effect. Hmm. But yeah, I just read these purports and, sometimes it's like oh it's exactly what i need to do right now yeah. and it's it's bringing me closer to that because my you know my mission certainly is self-realization and to become like a kind of a a beacon of like spirituality that other people can touch and also mm-hmm. become more spiritual because i've because i've met others like yourself or Tarek Nath or shivram swami or different different personalities that have Luckily, I've I've crossed paths with. Have I've seen like these? Wow, okay, these people are in a different state of consciousness, you know. And just seeing that inspires me to want to be like that. Mm-hmm. So, if if your goal is to understand the self, understand who you are, and how you fit into this crazy, mad reality, like tr- how you truly fit into it, mm-hmm. then the purports are definitely a, an amazing satnav for that. Yeah, reading Sri Prabhupada's books is powerful because uh, I think generally as growing up, at least in the West and perhaps all over the world, we're not used to reading philosophy. Mm. So it takes some time to actually get you know, get the brain sort of used to actually hearing philosophy and especially if you read out loud, it makes it much more easier, mm. much more easier to taste it. And I found also if even if I'm not in the mood or not in a correct mood and I feel, I, I don't feel like you know, picking up the spiritual books like the Bhagavad Gita or Srimad Bhagavatam. But if I do it anyway, mm-hmm. then the heart becomes illuminated and, and these, the right mood actually becomes manifest. Yeah. It's, the, it's the magic of hearing spiritual soundness contained in Prabhupada's books. Mm. And I think we were talking about that maybe a couple of weeks ago about if you don't feel like doing the act- action, uh, but you do it anyway, yeah. then the feeling comes from the action. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about that? Like... um I don't feel like reading, but then when you start reading, then you feel like reading. Yeah. Like it feeds back on itself. Yeah, you, get, you have to get into it. Mm. It's like that with anything that's, anything that's going to be beneficial for us, there's going to be a little bit of short-term suffering, isn't there? Generally, you know, like a, not suffering, but austerity, like like yeah. discomfort. or That's what stoicism is about. Like the obstacle is the way. Like the thing that you least want to do is probably the thing you should be doing, you know. Je- like... Yeah. In what, yeah, I mean, you have Rupa Goswami, he talks about the, um, what's that verse? Uh, 
it'll come to be, but he talks about how the the transcendental activities of the soul, like chanting Hare Krishna or reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, they're actually transcendentally sweet, mm. like sugar candy. They're very, very sweet, and you can't actually get enough of it. But because of this, the soul, that's it. Sat Krishna Nam Chiritista Dipi Avidya. That because we're covered by this avidya or this ignorance, vidya means knowledge, and ah is like a negative uh, syllable in Sanskrit, so it means no knowledge. You know, you, yeah. You're covered by ignorance, and then you can't actually taste the sweetness of spiritual activity. So you might first engage in some spiritual life, and it might seem a bit bitter. Just like what he gives the example if one has jaundice, if one tastes sugar candy, you'll taste it to be bitter, even though it's sugar candy is naturally sweet. But one of the cures for jaundice is you gradually apply sugar candy, and then eventually the bitterness, your, your conception of the bitterness will go, and the natural sweet taste of the sugar will start to become manifest on your tongue mm. so the same happens with chanting Hare Krishna I mean chanting Hare Krishna these things are very sweet anyway even for brand new beginners but when when you start to become a bit more serious about spiritual life and you have to buckle down on a few things then uh, what might seem at first bitter then gradually starts to become very very sweet yeah that that bitterness certainly comes out though if anyone who started chanting at first with that sweetness like it, it it has this effect of like pulling out the bitterness is actually like our own yeah it's a jaundice it's, it's like this. our own badness it's like our own yeah it's, a, it's avidya ignorance yeah our own condition like I was thinking like we got so many things that we're we're so like we know that are in ourselves in our subconscious like darkness or whatever we're too afraid to confront it isn't it I don't know yeah I mean there are things like that but sometimes, like we were discussing this morning in class, you know, sometimes we focus too much on the negativity, even if it's, you know, it's good to focus on the pos- positive sort of pro-spiritual aspects of life. And yeah, sure, there's some things that, you know, psychologically you just might have to confront and deal with and really get in touch with certain emotions. But I think one trap is that, you know, yeah. you can meditate too much on the things that are stopping you, too much on your own limitations and but then the mind just gets absorbed in these horrible things. But actually, if you if you engage the mind in thinking of the spiritual reality, then naturally, as Lord Chaitanya says, Chaitudapanam Arjunam, Bhavahmaha Dvagni Nirvapanam, the fire of material existence starts to disappear, and the heart starts to be cleaned mm. by Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. You know, I thought it's quite an interesting point. You know, Lord Chaitanya he doesn't say focus on the anartas and try to deal with them, mm. and it, he says. From Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtanam, you by chanting the the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, then everything does happen naturally. You know, spirit, that's why advancement in spiritual life can be quite easy. It's interesting. So that you reminded me of that Vaisheshika Prabhu says, where attention goes, energy flows. Mm. So yeah, if you focus on the negative, dark aspects, too much. Yeah, yeah. Then it's good to become Krishna conscious. You're becoming you're becoming a you're becoming an Arta conscious. Got to get the balance right because if you could be in straight denial, like no, I'm I'm good, I'm good, and then eventually, we'll yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want to? I mean, because denial, like you have that psychologist poison. Have you listened to those seminars? Listen to one or two by um, Ravinder Sarup. Yeah, and this poison, he was a he was just like a psychologist, psychiatrist, something like that, and he started notice that people who would. Um, had some sort of high ideal or high spiritual goal in their lives, as they were trying to achieve it, 
if they felt that they couldn't live up to the standard um, or if they made some mistake or something like that, they were, they didn't, if they didn't know how to digest it properly, mm. if you don't know how to digest your mistakes or your, um, if you go off track a little bit, then psychological symptoms start to manifest. You know, instead of dealing with it, you hide like all your own faults and you hide them under the carpet. You won't, you know, if you're having difficulties, you won't reveal them to anyone because you think that they will judge you. Mm. And uh, also you can start to, instead of looking at yourself, you start to find faults in others. You know, you start to say, well, they're doing that wrong, they're doing that wrong. And it's a, you know, a uh, psychological sort of, um, method in order to and the, and another symptom can be that he calls it a biological scapegoat so you start to you start to feel like some sickness or something like that mm. or and it, it can actually start to become manifest like i've seen in the, our own ashrams the devotees who joined and then they just came up with this crazy in one sense illness um but then when they're in a bit more peacefully situated then their illness disappeared you know so it was sometimes these things can just happen just because our mind is so powerful. What would you, what would you say to someone who's like, you know, because we've been battered, we've been, uh, we've been, we've given our trust and it's just been like betrayed so many times, right? How would you, someone who's like, okay, I've got this problem in my mind, but I, f- I just feel like I can't confide it. Like I can't vent it or I can't tell anyone about it because I'm worried that I'll get exploited. Because it's showing your belly is a scary thing, right? Your belly, yeah. yeah, I know. We and that young Welsh pretty religious. When they, <laughs> for some reason, in the opening credits, they did like a close up of me putting my dhoti on, my robes on, and, the belly and you could see there. my belly like squishing up. And I don't know why they did that, but yeah, seeing my belly was horrible. <laughs> but you're like uh, emotional belly, my emotional you're under, belly, underside, like showing your your weakness, basically. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to someone who's like? You need to find. Well, that's why we ideally we need to find someone that we can really confide it confide in. I mean, sometimes just being able to deal with it ourselves is um, good enough. Mm. But, you know, you need to, like Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita, Abhichet, Sudaracharya, Bajate, Mamananyapak. That even if one performs the most horrid activity, if you're properly situated, you know, determination, which means if you're still trying your best to, you know, achieve the ideal goal, even if you make, even if you perform the most horrible activity, you should still be considered saintly, sadhu. Mm. That's why we should never judge people and we should just always try and help because what's that saying there but but for the grace of god go i you know it could be any of us so but finding you there won't be many people like that in our lives mm. you know there might be very very few but one's fortunate if you could find at least one or you can you know develop a relationship that you can um open reveal your heart reveal your mind in confidence to someone in in so I'm going off a bit, but in Nectar of Instruction, Rupa Goswami, who's the you know, professor of Bhakti Yoga, he talks about how to advance in spiritual life and he talks about how to have loving relationships with other people. Mm. And there's revealing one's mind in confidence, so finding someone you can trust. And there's also inquiring confidentially. You know, you can, you can make the first step to establish, to create that relationship with someone by asking someone confidentially, like, how are you? How's the, you know, asking these can be quite probing but in a nice way questions and that's how the relationship develops i always find it very interesting that's that it's a loving exchange to reveal your mind because we because other loving exchanges in that same verse is giving gifts and like, accepting gifts and giving food accepting yeah, food accepting but like okay that seems like a loving exchange but it's actually a loving exchange to 
be honest with someone like this is how I feel and yeah it's inter- just quite nice really in it yeah if you have a and I found out like um, if I to some to someone who's a teacher of mine or whatever um, if I just tell them what my main issue is it feels like it makes that bond stronger like it if it, it, it creates a because that trust is it's like a yeah I don't know yeah, because it can really help. You know, they say problem shared is a problem halved. Mm. You know, because you could be there for someone to reveal their mind to you, or you can reveal your mind to someone else, and you don't actually have to find a solution mm. then and there. But just the fact that you've talked to someone, and you've been understood, mm. can help you understand it. Or if you just the fact that you've listened to someone can establish that relationship, because a lot of the time, even if you know we might make some mistakes, what we're really looking for is to be accepted. Mm. Which is why another when going back to this Boysen psychologist, he'd say that um, we need to be because we're looking for acceptance into a social uh, network, and if we practice spiritually, then we want to be accepted into Krishna's social network, including the devotees. And we need to have these loving relationships because we need to be comfortable. And we need to gradually progress there. Because another thing that can happen is if you're not living up to the standard, and if you think that the people who you want to be with will reject you because of a certain quality or a certain activity, then you, will, then you will find a group of people you can hang around with that accept all of that. Mm. So, But that what that can do is one can actually go into a group of people that accept a lower standard and actually go into a different place. You know? yeah. you, you know, generally, we will gravitate to those social groups of people who will accept us. So like a criminal, I mean, we'll hang around with other criminals who've been to jail and stuff because they know they won't judge each other but that person will find it difficult to go into a social network of you know you have the you have a type of middle class that really looks down on anything like that yeah and you know and and the criminal won't be able to you might even might think i've done this wrong i really regret it and then if the other person doesn't understand yeah so these are little tricky things like, like just reflecting what you said earlier how it's important to really understand ourselves to be emotionally in touch and mm. you know develop these loving relationships like a tool i've been using recently which really helps understand yourself and introspect is basically it sounds crazy but like um when i'm driving when i'm on my own or something just talk to yourself i know so like um there's some issue like uh, this problem where i spoke to this person i didn't like it mm-hmm. just speak out loud like okay why did you why did i act like that what what makes me always act when this situation comes up why do i always act in such a way that i'm like harsh or rude or whatever Maybe it's because, like, when I was younger, so-and-so happened to me and, like, really explore the idea out loud to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've definitely, I've done it, like, uh, on, like, two-hour drives, just spoke to myself the whole way. <laughs> and by the end of it, I just felt, like, weight lifted, just, like, completely rejuvenated. Yeah. You know, when it, when the problem's big enough, you can speak to yourself two hours. <laughs> but it is kind of like that, revealing you. Yeah, because that's what they tell you in coaching you know you actually know the answers to a lot of your own problems mm. that's why if someone does say that okay i've got this problem that problem what you don't do is just quickly try and shoot back an answer but you ask questions in order to they clarify and so you can really understand what they're saying mm. and by asking these questions they really start to understand more about what they're going through and we've all got the same paramatma or the same super soul in the heart and that's where the knowledge comes from they call it the teacher in the room you know you can ask mm. yourself questions and then you get fed the answer so sometimes we just have to ask a person or ask ourselves the right questions 
and we'll come up ourselves with the answers. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's the it's inspiration. Like it's like uh, it gets revealed. Yeah. Like you say, how do I how do I do this? How do I overcome this? Yeah. And then you you might get the answer fed through from within your heart. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have to be patient. You have to, you have to, do have to rely on someone else to give you the answer. Sometimes it might just not be an answer. You just might have to go through some things for a while. Yeah. And this is like what you just spoke about, the super soul. Like we hear it in the Bhagavad Gita that there's there's an aspect of God called the super soul, an aspect of Krishna that's situated in every single living being's heart. And he's witnessing all of our moving movements, our thoughts, our activities. Yeah. And he's our well-wisher, you know. So actually... You're not alone. That's what I found when I was when I was confiding when I was speaking to myself in the car. I was also speaking to that super soul, like because I'd never been. I've always been a bit like praying. Praying's weird. Like I always thought praying was weird. Like speaking to God or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I speak to myself, but also aware that God's listening. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can you can make some kind of okay. Yeah, you get, you get fed the answers. Yeah, you can ask for some help. Yeah. Because what's that verse? Vedas cham sarva ham eva video vidanta krit vedavit eva chaham. Krishna explains that he is the source of all remembrance and forgetfulness. Mm. So if you're asking yourself some question, Krishna can from within the heart. Because it says in the Upanishad that it's just like two birds in a tree. The body's the tree, and the two birds. You got one bird that's eating all the fruits and tasting the fruits of bitterness, happiness, and distress. So the the tree's like the body, and the one bird that's tasting the fruits is the us, the individual soul. And we're tasting these different fruits of piety, impiety, happiness and distress in this world. And then there's the other bird that's just watching his friend, waiting for the us to turn to him. And that's yeah. the that's Krishna from within the heart. Just that's hoping, like... Watching every activity, yeah, waiting for us to turn to him, you know, waiting for us to just get... Okay, once you've had enough of the fruits in the tree and you realize, okay, there's, you know, there's, there's bitterness and happiness, and but it's not really... Uh, there's no relationship. It's just me enjoying this this external. Yeah, and it's not giving us the, the happiness we're really looking for. You know. Mm. So Rupa Goswami, there's another Smeram Bhangi Chadaparajitam Satya Jistinga Jisting Bhangsi Nastadarakshalayam Ujulam Chantrakena Govind Yakkem Haritanra Keshatetu Bhagante Ma Prakishas Tavigati Sake Bandhu Sanges Sri Rangaha. He says that if you're attached to this material world, then don't don't go towards Krishna, because mm. Krishna he's so attractive that he will. Capture, capture your mind and bring you to um, his loving pastimes. Mm. You know, it's sort of like a, a play on the whole situation. But if one starts turning to Krishna, then one gets so attracted you know, that um, one will start to leave the material things anyway. You know? Leave that, the bitterness and sweetness of the material fruits of this world. Nice. Yeah, it's a process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, process of gradually rediscovering the sweet taste of our eternal spiritual identity. Mm. Yeah. Like there's another verse of Bhagatunde Tanvidi Timbitim Vidunite Tundavani Labdaye. He says, When I chant the, the mantra, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, I, I desire many, many ears and many, many tongues in order to really hear it and to really relish it. The holy name dance on my tongue, you know, conquers all the activities of the senses. Mm. You know, it, it dances in the courtyard of the heart makes all the senses inert and one starts to experience real spiritual life. Yeah. These are things that um, need to be discovered by the sincere spiritual practitioner. Very interesting. It sounds quite far out, but it's very accessible, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, um... Yeah. Yeah, getting to know yourself is important. 
I got a list here actually of get to know back to Rupert a bit more. Oh god. Right, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. Are they quick? Quick fire, yeah. Okay, good. Don't think about too much, but yeah, you know, just so we just so we can understand you more. Like, yeah? yeah, I'm on a mellow mellow yellow today. Okay. Some of these might be this might be interesting. Okay, these are the questions. Getting to know you, getting to know who's your hero? Prophet. Prophet. Yeah, you don't have to think about it too much. Just no. If you could live anywhere, where would you live? Where would you live? Where would it be? Somewhere with a view. Somewhere with a view. What's your favorite family vacation? Somewhere with a view in nature. Can I just add to that? Okay. Yeah. Family fa- favorite family vacation was to Hungary last month. Uh-huh. Uh What would you change about yourself if you could? Mm, harshness, like. Be less harsh. Like, harshness of speak speech. You know? uh-huh. like, it comes out sometimes. When I just got a very good way of <laughs> smashing someone like. Uh-huh. verbally from a couple of years working in the factory and okay but well, this goes into the next question and what really makes you angry mm. when I don't get what I want you don't get what you want okay what motivates you to work hard um helping others helping others what's your favourite thing about your career um the boys the friends friends this is a nice one what is your proudest accomplishment um oh no Missed out question, sorry. What is your biggest complaint about your job? About my job? Uh, don't get enough sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your, okay, what is your proudest accomplishment? Um, I haven't really accomplished anything yet, okay. but I will, I will soon. <laughs> um, next one is about, uh, what is your favourite book to read? There's so many books, so many, so many spiritual too books. Too much that is. Um, they're all, to be honest, they're all flavorful. Any proper book, but at the moment I'm getting into some poetry books. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just right now. Satsuit Maharaj poetry. poetry books. They're, they're like um, kind of artistic and out yeah. there poetry. At the moment, that's that's what I'm on. Yeah. You writing any poetry yourself? Are you still yeah, working on your I bars? Got, I got some bars now. Okay, you should do another kit and you rapping it. You know? yeah. I, think, I think it worked right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at now. What makes you laugh the most? Uh, I don't know. Banter. Okay. What did you want to be when you were small? I, I wrote, uh, I wanted to be either Amish, a monk. Amish? Amish? Yeah. Like those guys in uh, some of the Texas Laboratory episode. That yeah. Or well, when mm-hmm. I was, yeah, this is more recent. That was, I wanted to be Amish, monk or shaman. Uh-huh. But, but before that, I think I wanted to be a fighter pilot. A fighter pilot, like Top yeah. Gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. <clears throat> if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Anything. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I'm doing every day, anyway. I don't, I, uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I, maybe I, I do want to go around, walk around Gover Downhill. Yeah. I want to try that. Okay, that's a nice one. Yeah. Uh, this place in uh, India, in Vrindavan, like a, a holy place, there's a mm. big mountain, and you can walk around it, and it's, um, everyone who's walking around it is very happy, I've been told. Mm. It takes a long, it takes, I don't know how long, six, seven hours to walk around it, something like that. Yeah. But you see like these, even these very old couple, they'll do dandavats around it, which means they, they lie on the floor, and they stand up, they take a step, and they lie on the floor again, stand up, take a step, lie on the floor, mm. and they do that all the way around, and it takes some months. Like, like bowing down to yeah. God. Yeah, it's because I would they, like to do that, but there's no time for it. They said whatever you um, 
whenever you go around Govardhan, whatever you fulfill any desire, so people go there wanting any material things or spiritual things, and mm. they get it granted. You know. What's your What's your deepest desire, Guba? My deepest desire. Yeah. Like, what do you want more than anything? I don't know. I mean, my probably answer on the piece of paper would be I want to I want to uh, love Krishna with you know in the association of the devotees, my spiritual master and teachers, mm. and you know really you know become who I'm really meant to be. Self-realization. Realize who you are. Yeah. Um, okay. What if? Uh, what's your favorite game or sport to watch and play? Uh, MMA, UFC, yeah. jiu-jitsu. Just fighting like... Do you rather ride a bike, a ha- ride a horse or ride a car? A bike, horse or a car? Yeah. Bike all day. Like. Okay. What would you sing on a karaoke night? Uh, Hare Krishna. My mantra. Which would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom or vacuum the house? Mow the lawn. Okay. If you could hire someone to help you, would it be with cleaning, cooking, or yard work? Cleaning. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, pizza. And who's your favourite author? Prabhupada. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, Sri Ramaswamy. Is it? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, hard, it's both equal. Yeah. Okay. That was quite fun. Yeah, I got to know back to Rupert I, a little bit. I got bit. to learn a bit about myself. Yeah. It? Ask the questions, get the answers. Mm. They weren't particularly deep questions. I mean, they could have been, actually. What's your greatest fear and stuff like that? What is your greatest fear? I don't know. Heights. My greatest fear <laughs> is going back to where I was before. Like, okay. before, I, before I moved in. And I think I sometimes look, if I hadn't, you know, oh. you know, become, joined the ashram and, you know, where would I be now? You know, my life was really like, what's the... Yeah. You know. the tr- my trajectory was definitely going down. Like, I'd probably, yeah, I could yeah. be, ho- probably could be homeless. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I probably wouldn't be because my dad wouldn't let it happen. But like, yeah. I was getting, I was getting down there. I was going a bit mad, like, yeah, drug, I was, drugs I was and stuff like that. I remember I started trying to, I started, you know, getting, uh, stopping bad habits even before I came to Krishna consciousness. I remember, I was, mm. but I don't know if that would have continued up because I was still, you know, still. I remember, I, you know, I still wasn't in a good place, like you know. But I was literally just happy to. I was pressing self-destruct, like. It's just because I I was hundred percent convinced that this world is just a, we're in a computer like this mm. is just a simulation so nothing matters whatsoever mm. absolutely nothing matters then you could be like do you remember tea cozy tea bag yeah in Swansea in Swansea yeah big homeless guy like yeah he used to really smile and pe- people like for some reason thought he was amazing because I think there was this one time where he found some money on the street and he gave it back to someone you know and he became a legend but those of us who actually knew him mm. you know. He was actually a, he was actually a horrible person. He was, a, he was a, because he used to just really be nasty to us, and he used, to, and he's very proud. You know, you think, oh, he's so humble because he's homeless, but he was, it's because he used, to, he, he either used to teach or study philosophy, and he just used, he actually used to think that he was better than everyone else because he thought that he renounced this world or something, you know. Mm. Um. So it was like, but and then when he passed away, they swan, they wanted to make a statue of him in Swansea, you know? mm. a statue of. Statue of Teabag. So if anyone knows, doesn't know who he is, Teabag. His name Teabag. We used to call him Teabag. Yeah, and everyone used to call him Teabag. He looked like Hagrid, like a big homeless guy that carried around like bin bags. He really kind smelled. Of smelled him. bad. Like you could smell him coming. Like, but he was very well known in Swansea. But he died a couple of years yeah. ago. God rest his soul. Yeah, hopefully. But he's that's in a the thing. Place. You can you could become homeless and renounced, and but you can still be proud and very materialistic in one sense yeah, yeah. sounds like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're a great soul. It's interesting though. That's one thing I'm realizing. Like doing the monk thing is like at first when when I moved in, it was like yeah, okay, I've renounced the world. Like I'm in this spiritual atmosphere. I'm free, you know. Mm-hmm. But then after a couple of years, it's like oh whoa. Like I'm all of my motivations are actually materialistic. Like I've, I haven't got any spiritual. Yeah, I mean that's, that's advancing spiritual life, though, isn't it? From yeah. within the heart, Krishna shows you. Yeah. Okay, you want to work on this now, I see, and then you reciprocate, mm. and then you start to really have to deal with yourself. But it's all uh, it's all good, you know? It's like when you have to really clean somewhere, then you start to find really disgusting bits, like under, you know, under the toilet or here or there, or you, know, yeah. you don't really see how much dirt and muck is in a place until you really start to clean it. Yeah. So you might think you're okay, but when you actually start to develop yourself, you might discover all these nasty things. But it's not like a bad thing. Like it's not like you'd think that okay, all these bad, these material motivations, I feel depressed. Yeah, no, it's but a actually, decent thing. you feel refreshed. You're like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. not perfect. Like, it's, there's something very powerful in accepting it's, you're not perfect. Well, it's like the cleaning example. You know, if you if you really want to clean a place, you know, if you cut a scene to halfway through, it'll look way more messy than when it started. Mm. You, know, you have to pull everything out. Put everything, you know, it, it becomes more messy before it becomes clean again. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing with our hearts. You know, sometimes it it'll look a bit more of a mess than when we started, but actually that's because we're just starting to really clean the place. You know? Yeah, it's good. It's good to do. So, yeah. so yeah, take a step out, think about what, who you are and where you're going, isn't it? Is that the motto? The motto? How would you recap that podcast? I, don't know, I mean, a little homework for anyone listening, write a little mission statement. Oh, yeah. You know, look, look <laughs> online what mission statement is, but basically is okay, this is what I, you know, this is who I am, what do I want to achieve? And then you can write some simple... Simple goals in order to achieve it. Will you do one? I, I've you've done one. I've done one before, but I think I'll do one. Yeah, do one. Yeah, you can I, read that I'll next read time. it out. Yeah. That's my mission. Okay, that's next. a sank out, but that's, I promise I will do that. Mission statement. Mission. Okay, statement. stay tuned for next episode here. Back to Rupert's mission statement. Nice. Okay. Thanks. For, sorry for. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Lots of love. I feel very. God bless. I feel chilled. Chill, so yeah. chilled today, like. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everyone. Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shri Vasudeva Gurvakarina, Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi 